0: Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in. Pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn. And joining me this week is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan.
1: Hello, Jocelyn. Uh, Twitter told me not too long ago that congratulations are in order. Congratulations, Jocelyn.
0: Thank you. I was going to make a joke about how there's three of us on the show this week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're thinking along the same lines.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who may have missed it, who aren't TAC listeners or who don't follow me over on Twitter, uh, Matt and I are expecting our first kid in October, which is very, very, very exciting for us. So uh, thank you guys so much for being so supportive about all of the schedule changes and things being crazy, because, like, I have felt like absolute shit for months. So, uh, yeah, it's been uh, difficult to keep up with the shows, difficult to keep up even with gaming. Um, So, yeah, you guys have been really awesome and understanding. And, uh, yeah, we're very, very happy and very excited. So, um, yeah, October 18th, almost Halloween, baby.
1: (laughs) Almost, yeah. Well, still, if Halloween, if you're the type of folks who, like, consider Halloween to be the entire month or at least the two weeks after Thanksgiving, then I think you'll, you'll fit right in. It'll. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. Halloween baby. Love it. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're very, very excited. So thank you all for your well wishes and and everything else over on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting rest of the year, I guess. But uh, I did have a bit of time to play uh, something this week, and I know Ryan, you did as well. And I'm very excited to talk about this game because uh, this is one of the ones we talked about last week. It just released when we were recording, and it is on Netflix. And so I didn't play it on Netflix. I played it. I bought it on Steam to play on PC uh, because, like, I went to Netflix, like the website, on my PC, and I was like, okay, so how do I do this? And it turns out you can't do it. (laughs) Like, there is no gaming interface at all on like the website you have to be on the mobile app in order to get to gaming yeah they don't even mention it
1: oh they don't mention it all
0: no there's no advertising there's no mention of any gaming on like the desktop website i was Mm -hmm. like i scrolled like all the way down through the bajillion categories they recommend (laughs) (laughs) all the way to the bottom and there isn't even a link to like netflix gaming or anything like that i'm just like man, you guys are so shit at advertising this service. Like, man, if I'm like, no matter where I'm watching Netflix, you should be serving me information about what's included with my subscription. Like, even if I can't, even if there's no way for me to access the content through my PC, like through your website, you should at least be like, Hey, are you a gamer? Are you interested in this? Here's our catalog. Browse it easily on your PC, and then go to your mobile device and download. Like, but there's nothing, no mention at all about gaming on their website. I'm just damn Netflix. Like you are shitting the bed so hard. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, anyways, there's there's no way that I could find to uh, to play on PC while using Netflix, so I ended up paying for it on Steam.
1: Yeah, and and here's the thing. So Netflix um the Netflix gaming is strictly uh mobile and tablet. Like it, it is not available on um any other any other services. Like no Steam, no desktop, no nothing. Um so it's like it is it is limited in terms of like where you can play these games, although there was a news story Uh, earlier this week about uh, code being found within the Netflix apps. So again, on the desktop, the televisions, uh, that sort of thing, Um, code for uh, controller recognition, uh, the games being launched. So maybe eventually they get there. Like right now they're testing with mobile using existing ecosystems like the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. But eventually they could launch um, their own titles through their apps. It's uh it'll be that that enters a whole new other realm of like is is my TV going to run Terra Nil? Like I don't yeah. think so, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't think that my TV would have the guts to be able to run a game, like the storage or the like capacity to, right. to do that kind of thing, right? But but at the same time, I mean like like I say they're not even using their platform for marketing which I think is a huge mistake but like I didn't want to play on mobile like we have a tablet but it's like a very 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 old iPad to the point that like the apps on it aren't even updating anymore because like the OS isn't supported like it's very old so like my Netflix barely works (laughs) and I think like crave works and twitch works but that's it and they're like old 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 versions so I'm just like I don't even know if I would be able to play on a tablet. So, and I, and I don't want to play a game like Terra Nil on my phone. So I'm just like, well, you know what? Like, I'll just, I'll just pay for it on Steam. Like, it's an indie game. So, like, it wasn't cheap for an indie game. I think I ended up paying $32.50 or something like that. Something around there. For it, and you know, so it wasn't an insignificant cost, and that's a lot of what people have been talking about with Terranil. Is that like it's fine if you play it on your Netflix subscription and if you have the ability to play it on mobile, but if you're playing paying for it on Steam, um, people are pretty unhappy with the amount of content in it. So um, I think uh, I mean I haven't checked like how long to beat or anything, but um, I played. For maybe like two hours and I've completed three out of the four like challenge areas and so I'm just like hmm there really isn't all that much content here for $30 like I would easily pay like 15 like half of that absolutely then it's you know like 15 bucks for four hours of entertainment that's that's about on par I'm happy to pay that but uh 30 bucks for for four hours of content I'm kind of in the camp of like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get like, I'm not outraged because I don't usually get super, ultra, mega internet outraged. But <laughs> yeah, I I get where that camp is coming from.
1: Yeah, uh, it's interesting. If you so, I I'm trying to find the news story about it, but. Um, There was supposedly, I thought there was talk that like for every game purchased, it like funded so many trees being planted, like they had like a real world connection tied to you buying it on Steam. Um, and I thought that was a really you know, knee concept. I, I know it's probably tough to determine how much of an impact you have. But like,
0: yeah, days, and I bought it on Steam. And I don't remember it saying anywhere like, hey, you just bought two trees or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, again, marketing, come on, people.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can see here that you if you buy it, you can or no, you can enter to win a wooden PC, not necessarily what what I'm what I'm thinking of, like, yeah, it was terra Nil, like, uh, fund a, a t- tree or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's it's just, and then of course nothing's nothing's coming up. So maybe I'm mistaking it for for a different game. But um, yeah, how long to be? Notes it as four hours for the main story, which I know you had you had messaged me about uh, when we were talking about playing the game, and then eight and a half to nine hours for the completionist, which I assume is just. Basically, hitting all the targets, like one hundred percent in each region,
0: yeah. I think I got like sixty percent and then seventy percent on my first two regions. I can't remember where I finished off the third region. Um, but kind of like once you kind of get the hang of it, it's because each region's just the same, only different. They're all different, like biomes, different climates. So there's like a a temperate region and then there's like a rainforest and then there's a polar area. So like it was a little bit kind of interesting. And in the polar area in particular, where you had to kind of like raise the temperature and then bring it back down again. And there were multiple things that you had to manipulate. Like it was an interesting game it just it made me which i mean this is probably why people are so upset is like it's a good game it has some good mechanics but it's so short and it's so small that like you kind of wish there were like four or five times as much content as there is in the game which is unfortunate
1: yeah and uh i did find it so it's eight percent of steam sale profits will be donated to the endangered wildlife trust which is like that's a really cool way of like tying in your game to to uh, a cause in the real world eight mm-hmm. percent is is not nothing like that to me is is a good chunk especially you know when you're an indie
0: and you know how much money steam takes from you <laughs> yeah so thirty
1: percent goes to steam and then eight percent of of the remainder will go to this uh charity but the charity um, yeah you know and there are other platforms on mobile are are exclusive to Netflix like you can't purchase uh the game uh on ios or android you you have to you have to have a Netflix subscription. So I'm sure they they've been paid by Netflix already, uh, for their for their game. But yeah, it uh you're you're right. It is on the smaller side. I mean I've personally been playing it through the Netflix subscription. I have like a larger iPad that would support being able to comfortably play a game like this, which which does have some very finite, you know, placements of of stuff, although it's not mm-hmm. like quite as crucial uh as as other like sort of rts or, or sim strategy games like you can kind of i think i was doing the third world and i was like you know what i'm gonna since we wipe the board at the end of it anyways i'm just gonna play stuff as needed it doesn't you don't really run out of resources or be punished if you are like, no not over really populating the area with your with your devices because you just clean it up at the end and Um,
0: Which is a cool, interesting concept. So basically, uh, the idea of terra nil is you get these like wasteland and uh, areas that have a specific biome. They've got very defined edges. And so you've kind of got this square and the whole idea is you're trying to restore it to its natural state. So that includes like not just cleaning everything up but you have to like clean everything up you have to repopulate the vegetation and then add in the animals and i did like that was my favorite part was the kind of like repopulating the animal populations because each different species has a very specific like set of uh requirements and so you have to actually like pinpoint an area on your map where you've met all the requirements for each species And then um, they then they'll repopulate in that area. So like I think in the first map, I didn't realize that was a thing. So like I didn't get bears because I didn't have um, trees with a beehive on a cliff next to a river. Um, And so like I just hadn't ended I hadn't uh, placed my forest in that area. So all of the. The kind of conditions exist in terms of like elevation and rivers and stuff on your map but you can also like add new rivers you can you know you choose where you where you populate all of your different parts of your vegetation and stuff and then that dictates where your animals can go and i really liked that i thought that was a cool kind of like touch and then uh At the end, as Ryan mentioned, you have to basically remove all your buildings. And you do that through, like, recycling drones. So you have to, like, send them out and say, like, okay, I'm done with these buildings now. Which took me a while to wrap my head around because I didn't understand that, like, you didn't need to keep the things running. Do you know what I mean? Like, you didn't... Once it was irrigated, it was like that was a one-off thing that happened. It wasn't like it kept irrigating afterwards so if you like i was doing things almost out of order like i would put down a scrubber which removes all the toxins and makes it so that the ground can actually regenerate so i'd like put down a scrubber put down some irrigation and then i'd put down a scrubber again and then i'd be like wait a minute i already had like this is all supposed to be wet what's going on (laughs) so once i kind of understood the order of operations a little bit more and that like once it's done once, you don't need to maintain it, which is something that I am not used to in like city builders. And, and this is like a reverse city builder. Um, so the fact that you didn't have to maintain it, you didn't have to keep that power station. You didn't have to like nothing updated afterwards. uh took a while to wrap my head around.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think like the first level. Really tries to simplify how you're going to reclaim the land, and mm-hmm. um, once you finish that level, it gives you a good grasp of like, okay, I need to be really paying attention to the tooltips because when you go forward into the other worlds or the other regions, um, it's a it's a little bit more, it's a lot more complex. It gets
0: complicated, yeah, yeah,
1: and you're having to deal with you know different factors, whether it's humidity or uh, temperature, and. I thought I found the first two levels were fairly linear in terms of like you do you do these five steps and then you're on your way. But I I I'm like halfway through the third level and it and it feels as though it could be something where you have to in order to get the right balance to complete it you might have to you know bring I think it was like the third level is like a permafrost with volcanoes. It is, yeah. And I, again, I haven't finished it, but it really felt like, okay, the first step is to remove all the toxicity from the permafrost by melting it and you power through, uh, volcanic activity, uh, with these like nuclear power plant type things. So that's like a, a, a crazy step away from the first level, which is just wind, wind farms <laughs> and, uh, <Yeah. laughs> and making the soil better. And then, you know, irrigating it and, and you know manipulating what type of ecosystems you place on that grass, whether it's forestry by putting a beehive in or, um, or, or, or a wetland or something like that. So it's it, 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 the it's varying. So, like, all this to be said, like, there are four worlds you can complete them all and consider it done, but it is randomly generated as well. Every time you go back into that region, it's randomly generating that map. So theoretically you'll never have the same experience but I haven't it's hard to see whether those differing experiences will be great enough to warrant replaying a region right
0: yeah I haven't actually I I wasn't sure because there is that message at the beginning that says like anytime you go into an area it's like generating map I'm like is that like loading or is that actually randomly generating me a space to work in because those are two totally different things right So I mean like I don't know if it would ever be worth like if the random generation is going to be like worth replaying just because like you say the lacement of your stuff isn't very punishing. So like I have yet to have to restart a level I like I'm playing on the medium difficulty which I think it recommends if you've played simulation games before Um, So I'm not playing on the hardest difficulty. So maybe that's what I should have done. Um, But yeah, it was very much like it it felt very forgiving, both in the resources that you had in order to be able to build stuff. But then also, like you say, in the placement of things. So I was kind of just like, eh, I don't even if things were random, like even if the location of like the rivers and the oceans changed and, and like my cliffs and stuff like I really I don't think that would be enough to make it replayable for me.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that uh, with generating the map, it's like okay, you're regenerating the map, but it just means I'm starting from a, especially that early map. Like I, I could see if you regenerated it, you're still placing. It's still the same workflow, you know. But yeah. maybe you know the later regions, if if it's generating randomly, it it might completely change how you have to, because you know in that second area like they talk about it being more of like a a wetland there's more water so you have to have a lot more mobility in mind especially when you are recycling the buildings you've built oh yeah that
0: stupid monorail thing (laughs) took me forever to get that to get the hang of and like figure out how to actually recycle things like i understood the river system in the first area so easily but yeah, that second area, I think I built my monorail like 18 times <laughs> before I had finally recycled everything I was supposed to recycle.
1: Yeah. The the second area with the monorail um, is specifically there to address like, okay, you're probably going to have like a lot of patchy land. So you're not going to be able to send like a, the first level is like just sending a boat and you can build like lifts for the boat so it can go up waterfalls and stuff. But the second one, I was building monorails it, it during like probably way too early and I think it was messing with like my ability I was moving you, you have to move some buildings around here and there but I was like trying to build what I thought was a network because I thought I was going to need it like right away but really you don't need it right like the tooltip's a little weird it's like oh it'll ha- allow you to move buildings and resources around but what it should stress is that like you really don't need to move the resources around until you enter the recycling phase, which is yeah. at the very end of clearing a region. So I, I struggled with the monorail as well. And I, I don't know what the third level will bring for me, but, um, I know it's, uh, I, I, I much preferred like the earlier levels where it ch- was less complex and I liked, you know, min maxing to try to get the proper climate set up. That was my favorite part of, of the whole sort of, phasing of the game was just trying to like okay i need to increase the temperature to bring back you know these specific species and eventually hit like thunderstorms and stuff
0: yeah the first level was very much just like fill a bar to 100 percent. that's all you got to do yeah um versus like by the time you get to the third level then it is like you say more complex which i really liked um the increased complexity but then you have to kind of be like okay i need this one to be at like 20 percent, but then this one needs to be at 40 and the other one needs to be at 30 and i need to be really careful because if i try to raise one that's going to lower another and that may not be exactly what i want to do so you have to find that balance which i kind of liked um but yeah, I, I know what you mean, like it, when it was just fill a bar to 100 percent, it was it was much simpler and uh, I can see how that would be appealing for sure. But um, yeah, like I think overall, like it's the, the I think what the general frustration with the game is, is that it is really good. It's, it has good bones. It's just um, it could use some more content um, and whether that is. um like larger areas because i also felt that the the maps themselves were pretty small so maybe if like the areas were bigger or something or you know like they had more biomes or more things to manage like i don't really know but just like more content i think would have made this like an insta buy recommendation from me but right now i'm kind of like well if you can play it for free on your tablet through netflix great um, But I don't know if I would recommend it for the $30 price tag over on Steam. Um, it's like I say, great bones, great game, but just way, way too short. Like I, I would wait for a sale.
1: Yeah. And I mean, if you do have a Netflix subscription and, and you do want to check this out uh, as part of your subscription, I, I think like you are going to want to start on the largest screen you have available. So if you have a tablet, that's my recommendation uh, if you're looking at the Netflix route, because um and and Netflix games have kind of suffered from this and I and I think it's like it's a real mistake uh, added on to the many n- mistakes that Netflix has made. But there's no cloud saves for Terranil, um, which I had an issue with Into the Breach as well with its uh, iOS port. There was no and maybe they added cloud saves, but to me, being in the Apple ecosystem or even if you're in the Android ecosystem, like if you're there. You likely have like a second device, or if you have a tablet, you likely have a phone, and you try to keep it in the same ecosystem. So, cloud saves are really important to be able to jump between devices. Some people even have multiple sized iPads, um, and I think that when you don't have cloud saves, it does hinder the experience. Uh, if you are looking to, oh, I, I'm going to sit on the on the couch and play on my on my big tablet, but oh, now I have a couple minutes, I'm just going to play on my phone. And, you know, whatever use case you may have for that, like, I think that's where cloud saves are really important. So there's no cloud saves as of right now for Terra Nil on, uh, on Netflix. So you'll want to start on your device of choice, although it's a small game. So maybe you don't mind starting over now that now that I know it's so short. Maybe I, yeah <laughs> you know, maybe I don't care that I get to do the first level over and over again on each device. <laughs> so uh, but yeah, it it's part of your subscription and it is a smaller game, but I could see not wanting to play it on your phone. Cause like, I think it benefits from a somewhat larger screen, you know, it uh, doesn't need to be huge, like TV size, you know, but uh, <laughs> you can certainly get away on an iPad.
0: Yeah. There were a couple times when I was playing on PC where like, there were like only one very small square worth of placement where I could put the thing that I wanted to put. And it was hard for me to see on the pc and i was like man if i was playing on my phone i would never find this little blue highlighted square like ever <laughs> so yeah i would say uh play on as large a screen as you possibly can
1: <laughs> yeah yeah uh it, it, it and the interface on ios works quite well like in terms of a tablet well yeah and- you
0: can you can definitely tell that it's yeah. a, a made for mobile interface um the icons and the and the tooltips and everything else are huge on PC. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well, that's specifically yeah. I, I yeah, I don't remember them being quite that large when I played the demo. This was part of like Steam Next Fest, like I think a couple years ago, and I played it there. And yeah, it hasn't changed uh, much since. I think it's I think they only had the first region, uh, and I don't think they had the animal system in there. That was new, but uh, yeah, I. I think it's a really neat one. But yeah, if you're if you want to play on Steam, I, I agree with you. Like you probably want to wait for a sale, even though you won't be planting trees by uh, as many trees if you buy it on sale. So
0: <laughs> true, true. Uh, if you guys like what we do and you'd like to support us, you can head on over to patreon.com slash in. We do have a game club coming up, but we are still to be determined as to what that game will be. So give us your ideas. You can head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord to do just that. But if you do want to support the Gamers Inn and become our April patron, head on over to patreon.com slash the Gamers Inn. That brings us to the news this week. And uh, the biggest news that we have that everyone has been talking about uh, that I think is a long time coming and probably not shocking, but also at the same time kind of shocking is that E3 has officially been canceled. Um, I mean, we talked I feel like we talk about this every single year around this time about even pre pandemic, like how relevant is E3, like how people started to do their own directs and all that kind of stuff. And we're maybe uh, moving away from a presence at E3. And so I feel like back as far as probably 2018, we were kind of talking about if E3 should even continue at that time. And obviously the pandemic was really, really, really hard on the event and its organizers trying to figure out how to do it. Not to mention you just have Jeff Keighley just doing his own thing and kind of better. (laughs) So uh, lots of competition in the space now. And uh, yeah, so E3 is no more.
1: Yeah, I mean, it comes basically like there's been a couple of weeks where we've skipped over some, is it going to be canceled news? Because there's been a lot of larger companies saying they won't be there. And I think it was uh, obviously Sony had, was not returning. Microsoft had stated that they were going to have a parallel event like they have in previous years. But then Nintendo announced, no, we're not going to be at E3, which was, you know, a big deal because they usually they were probably footing the bill for the whole, they had such a huge <laughs> booth. Um, yeah. and, and then I think like the last few nails in the coffin were Ubisoft and Sega because Ubisoft was a, it is is also another big, a big showing. So, uh, it's not surprising that it's canceled. Now the wording definitely is E3 2023 look forward to future announcements type thing. But I think if you cancel one more time, like if 2024 doesn't happen, I think E3 is done for good and like the only reason to be upset like I remember years ago being so so looking forward to E3 but it's changed uh especially you know when when COVID hit like it changed a lot like the announcements were spread out
0: yeah and so the last time they had an E3 in person was 2019 it was canceled in 2020 because of the pandemic Obviously, that was like uh, E3 was going to be held only a couple of months after like COVID, all the lockdowns and everything started. So like restrictions like crazy were in place. It wasn't surprising that it was canceled. Uh, Then they had the digital version in 2021, but then they canceled again in 2022. So they were going to like revitalize everything. And then. You know, now we have a cancellation in 2023. Do they even need to cancel 2024 in order for us to consider this dead dead? Like, I feel like at this point, yeah, everyone's kind of pulled out. They have two years in a row. Well, basically the last four years, so 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023, they've had one event, and it was digital. So like three out of the last four E3s have been canceled. <laughs>
1: Yeah, when you list it out like that, I think you're right. We probably do not need to wait for next year to consider
0: it. (laughs) I I think that as much as you're right, the marketing around this has been like, look forward to future E3 events. Like, we're still here, we promise. But like, really, really? I feel like there will just be some sort of quiet something in like October, November, where they'll just be like, yeah, there's no more E3s. Okay. Bye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the ESA as an organization is still around, and a lot of these companies say, like, you know, we we still greatly value our partnership with with the ESA, and and they do, you know, they do a lot of work for video games. But I think specifically with E three, and and I think Jeff Keeley kind of noted this as well. Like, there was he did some some tweets afterwards talking about how he had noticed the writing on the wall for for E 3s events even previous to covid and and the need to go to a digital only sort of showcase um he had noted the issue with e3 and how the esa wasn't willing to budge like they it's so typical like you have this giant event that's always worked gets you so much mainstream press like it's always positive everyone i mean it's not always positive but like everyone looks forward to it of uh, like it makes perfect sense that a company would be like no we've got blinders on we're good we're going to keep going we're going to keep doing the same thing why change it even if the writing's on the wall and this is what happens when you don't pivot (laughs) you know you just are unable to run the vents because companies are like well i mean nintendo even did nintendo directs way before and people were laughing at them oh oh, yeah you're not going to have a press conference on a big giant stage and now everybody does that so mm-hmm. I think like they've had, a, they've had almost probably like more than half a decade to realize how they could change things. I mean, trade shows are expensive and they yeah. still have a place, but they need, they need to adapt to uh, both consumers and, and the companies that are making the product. Like if they don't want to go, then what are we doing <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I think that that's the thing, like you're right, like trade shows are really, really expensive in terms of like renting space and travel and and everything, marketing and everything else that goes into them. So, I mean, like I said, we had these conversations in 2017, 2018 around E3 period, and especially now that so many things have gone remote post pandemic it feels like they, you know, as much as you still might want to do business in person kind of thing, they're like, I feel like Gamescom is the one that really like pops into my head is like, everybody really likes that one. <laughs> and so I feel like if you're maybe gonna have the budget for one trade show a year, and I guess E3 just lost that like uh, notoriety I don't know but uh, like I I feel like you're probably gonna just go to Gamescom and call it a day and keep most of your stuff virtual and then you know you have your once a year where you all get together and do your in-person business stuff and that's really all you need right now like yeah I understand that like face-to-face business still needs to happen and but uh, yeah, so many things are just remote now that I don't think you can justify the budget of going to trade show after trade show after trade show. So I think they it seems to me that they've picked one and it wasn't E3.
1: Yeah. Well, wow, there's there's so many and there's, there's so many that are spread out and lower scale. You've got GDC packs, like all these different smaller events, like Gamescom being the largest, but there's plenty of other places to to do to do business but i i get it like i know some developers are like well if it weren't for e3 wouldn't we wouldn't have had xyz and there's plenty of those stories but for every one of those stories there's probably two more about i did the exact same thing at gdc or on twitter or Mm -hmm. you know there's so many options these days and and the answer isn't like to keep e3 going the answer was to try to pivot e3 to something that worked and it doesn't look like that's going to happen
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's kind of sad because it was like a really big thing we looked forward to every year, but it's been a long time since it's like held that role. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, we'll have to see if we see any announcements in the future. But uh, I think this is probably the final nail in the coffin for E3. So we'll let you guys know if there's any more news, but I don't think there will be much more news unless it is. We're just never doing it ever again. (laughs) Yeah, don't hold your breath. Uh so there was an April fool like I guess what everyone thought was an April fool's joke but then it ended up being an actual thing put out by the Sonic the Hedgehog uh Twitter it's it's a game called The Murder of Sonic and it's like a murder mystery and it's actually available on Steam right now for free Ryan did you try this <laughs>
1: uh. I didn't. You know, I wish I had had the time to uh, check it out before uh, before the show. But um, yeah, this is an so we don't normally cover April Fool's, but I figured like this one was is definitely an April Fool's joke. It is definitely real. You can play it. It's uh,
0: is it an April Fool's joke if it's also real? (laughs) uh, Well, maybe
1: like I don't know, Uh, like maybe if it's canon if, if if it's not it's not canon so i think it, i think you could consider it an april fool's joke like right on right on the steam page, like canon or head canon you know what they say everything is canon and then like a star an asterisk this is not a sonic team title but we strongly believe in the power of head canon so like i think they're joking around it's in the spirit of april fools but you're right like i guess it's it's not like your typical
0: well normally it's it's like, you know, hey, here's a thing, and it's not very funny, but also it's a lie. Haha, ha, got you. <laughs>
1: like, Yeah, you're right. Okay.
0: I, I'm not, just for the record, I'm not a big fan of April Fool's. So um, the fact that, yeah, they're, they've said, ah, ha, 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 this is a joke, but also we did it, like, makes it not an April Fool's joke, because that's the fool you part is that the thing that they've told you is untrue, right? So it's not untrue. It's, it, it's made. So, I mean, it's definitely stupid. Mm. <laughs> so, like, I guess it checks that box.
1: Jocelyn, did you murder Sonic? Because it feels like you're really <laughs> trying to, like, steer away from this, this, uh, this being an April Fool's job. <laughs> you're a bit suspect right now.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, if I could, I would. So I'm definitely high on that suspect list for uh, sure.
1: <laughs> can't make Sonic the Hedgehog 3 the next hit movie from Jim Carrey if uh, Sonic is no longer with us. So
0: exactly, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's the kind of thing where like I, I don't personally, I don't think it counts as a joke because they did it. So but someone had to write this and animate it and like, oh, God code it and it's, that's not a joke you you made a game <laughs> like,
1: yeah uh, th- it's kind of interesting i follow i i can't remember uh i can't remember her name off the top of my head but there's like this hardcore sonic fan and and she's a, a video game developer i think she works in on vr projects and she's like constantly talking about sonic and and i guess like for the last year she's been helping make this game and uh So I thought that was also kind of cool, like someone who's like so hardcore into Sonic that she gets invited to like Sonic press events that she's actually got to make a Sonic game. So like that's kind of it's not a traditional Sonic game, but it's still like it's very much uh, it's it's very much within within her wheelhouse being like including all these Sonic characters and such and just having fun with the franchise Um, it's definitely not serious. See, like,
0: I think you can have, yeah, you can have fun with a franchise, and you can make a, crit. like, I mean, the Dead by Daylight dating game is another really good example, and I'm pretty sure they even did the same thing, where they, like, released the, um, or, like, they started talking about it in or on April Fool's. Anyways, point is, it, like... You can do stupid, funny things, but it's not an April Fool's joke if it actually exists and took Dev's time and everything else. Like, it just, you just, you made a funny game. It's not an April Fool's joke, though.
1: <laughs> no, they just released it on April Fool's. It
0: exists. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's That's all I'm trying to say. But yeah, so it is, like, I mean, as far as a game goes, like, it is, it's very much in the same, like... Realm as the Dead by Daylight dating sim. Like it's the same thing. There's like animated characters, there's close-ups, and there's dialogue and different choices you can make and all the rest of it. Like and the whole point is it's a murder mystery. You're trying to figure out who killed Sonic. Um, and I promise I'm not in the game and I'm not an actual fiction. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it does look like it's polished. Like I think it's well done. I haven't <laughs> had a chance to actually like play it yet, but like it does look It's a real game. (laughs) It doesn't look like slapped together. Like, there's some thought in it. And yeah. You
1: can live your dreams by, you know, discovering the murderer of Sonic.
0: Well, yeah. But see, I'm trying to solve the Sonic murder, not commit the Sonic murder. So that's a different fantasy for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, it's on Steam. It's free. So, I mean, maybe. I'm sure
0: we'll play it for next week.
1: Oh, will we? Yeah, I'll play. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Probably. We, We don't have to. We could just like but we could we could yeah um it looks interesting i mean I, I i don't it is a free experience i don't know i don't play a lot of murder mysteries but it looks like very much in the in the vein of like a a, a visual novel i don't think there's any like vo or anything i think it's just yeah it's uh it looks interesting but yes sonic is dead
0: and sonic is super dead Mm-hmm. And uh yeah and then so finally we have a uh, kind of an interesting controversy so multiverses i think we've talked about on the show before is like a smash clone but from uh Warner Brothers so it's got like Bugs Bunny and all those kind of characters in it and so they ran an open beta that you could pay for entry into Which they have now, with very little warning, it seems, shut down until launch in 2024. Now, they've said it's like supposed to be early 2024, but still, we're looking at, you know, like eight months to a year from when it's actually shut down. So people have paid for a thing and then lost access to it. And they are very upset and people are calling for refunds. And Warner Brothers Games is like, hell no, we're not giving refunds. You paid for access to an open beta. The open beta is now done. Um, Ryan, how do you feel about that? Because I have thoughts, but how do you feel about it? Because I feel like you're going to be less um, mean about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I can get mean. I can get mean. Uh, <laughs> let me just work it up here. Uh, no. Um, so the the open beta they announced will come to a close on June 25th. Um, For me, I didn't realize that the I I honestly didn't realize the game was in open beta, you know, because there is this like line that is very fuzzy most of the time of like, is this beta or is this out, you know, early access, you can pay to you can buy the game, you may Mm -hmm. be buying it at a a lower cost than you would at launch, because you're technically helping fund development and and keep it going. And the intention is eventually get to a 1.0 release. But at the end of the day you bought that game and you have access to it until it's release in which it it becomes a fully fledged product.
0: Well yeah, and I think that that's kind of a good distinction to make because to me, I would be more upset if they called this early access because the kind of precedent in the industry has been set that if you buy an early access game that it is available to you from the time that you buy it until the time that it launches, right? And and then afterwards obviously. But like that early access is, like, an uninterrupted, um, like, uh, access to a game because there's no, with early access, there's basically, like, no guarantee that the game will ever hit a 1.0 release, right? Like you are, like you said, it's very kickstarter or, like, that's the vibe that it gives me, where it's, like, the devs are asking you for money to help develop the game in a way that, like, keeps them going, keeps the lights on, but those lights could go off at any time and the game might just end in that early access state and never actually get to a full release. So I feel like early access is a little bit different than a beta, a beta I'm used to being a, a set period of time. So if you paid for access to an open beta, then it's like, okay, betas have start and finish dates. Like it's not guaranteeing you access to a game completely forever. And I think like, I mean, we just went through the Diablo 4 beta, which had paid for early access because if you pre-ordered, then you had uh, an extra weekend ahead of time. And then, and obviously there's a little bit of a difference because those start and finish dates were advertised by Blizzard. And they said, okay, here's your beta dates from, you know, Friday to Monday on these weekends. But like people pre-ordered and paid And now they don't have access to the game till it launches in June. So I don't even think that this is like without precedence, right? (laughs) Am I just being too harsh on these like consumers that I think paid money when they shouldn't have? (laughs) Uh, No,
1: no, I I think you're right. I think that, you know, the other the other thing here is like, okay, this is a free to play game. It was open beta. The, The developers didn't hide that, although like it very much felt like just history of these type of releases is like you would normally typically have access. But, but that all that being said, like you can play it without purchasing. Like there was a small period in which you could buy to access the beta early. Like you said, similar to, to Diablo by pre-ordering Diablo four. But there was always that date of like, wait a couple weeks and then you don't have to pay anything. You can just jump in, start playing, earning currency and such. Like, I think that, this is just a shock to folks that paid for it because it's not well, they assumed, usual. right? Yeah. Like oh, they yeah.
0: assumed that they would end up with access right up until launch, but if none of the materials put out by WB Games guaranteed access till launch, then i'm sorry but these consumers don't have a leg to stand on. Like buyer beware. I don't know. Like especially like you said, they they put money in and then like if they could have just waited and paid for free and they chose not to wait. Um, And WB Games has also said that all uh, progress that you've made, all purchases, all cosmetics earned, you know, any of that stuff, like anything that you have in the game right now will be available to you on launch. They're not wiping any progress or anything like that. It's just that they're Basically, shutting down the servers to public access from June until launch in what they've said is early 2024. Now, we've seen a gajillion games get delayed. So, again, like, that window is open to interpretation. Is it going to be eight months, like, the second half of 2023 and then a month or two into 2024? Or will it get delayed and it'll be shut down for a year? Like, nobody knows. But... Um, They are saying that the, the plan is to launch in early 2024. So you're losing out on, you know, potentially eight months of game time. But like you were never guaranteed that game time and all your progress will be there when the game actually launches. So I don't know. To me, the expectations are different between early access and beta. And yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like these are just people being a little bit entitled and not paying attention to what they're putting their money into and... I don't think that's Warner Brothers fault necessarily. And I hate to defend a corporation because I do think (laughs) it's also a little bit predatory because, you know, like you said, there's, you know, confusion around terms. There's, you know, examples of game many, many examples of games that run open beta that go right up until launch. And, you know, so the expectations of gamers, maybe WB took advantage of that a little bit. But I mean, that's why you read the fine print, man.
1: Yeah. Well, here's something interesting, too. Uh. So a lot of the news outlets are focusing on shutting down. You're not going to be able to get a refund if if you feel that you're owed one. Although when you buy anything free to play S like you, you consume that purchase. Like you can when you buy something like if you buy something on your iOS device or your Android tablet that is like, you know, a consumable the second you use it, you cannot get a refund. And I think like,
0: oh, yeah, like so I just bought or excels, which is the premium currency in Dead by Daylight. I just bought some and I think it told me like probably 18 times that it's a non-refundable purchase. Like Steam told me, Steam told me when I was putting money into my wallet because that's the in-between thing that you have to do. You can't just because you buy it through the Dead by Daylight store. It's like a whole big thing. But yeah, so like Steam told me, DVD told me like it was on every single page of that transaction. And there were many. I'm pretty sure even PayPal told me like this is a non-refundable <laughs> transaction. So just in case. like, just in case. Yeah, because it's again, it's a it's a it's a premium cosmetic cu- currency in an otherwise basically free to play game.
1: Well, and, and here's the other thing, too. Like if you look at their frequently asked questions and this goes back to like what I think the news is focusing on is the closure of the beta. However, like it's just the, as you said, the shutting down of the servers, like you'll still be able to access the game offline. Like you'll be able to play in the training room. You'll be able to have local matches and you'll be able to access all previously earned or purchased characters and cosmetic items within these modes. What would probably be a really good push for Warner brothers and the developers, uh, for the game would be to say, Hey, like before the open beta closes, will unlock all the characters so that when the servers are offline, you'll be able to access all the characters for, for offline play. Like you can still access the game. The servers are just going down. And I, and I think the multiplayer,
0: the offsite multiplayer is what you won't have access to anymore.
1: Yeah. And I think like they even talk about, so like, it kind of feels like this is a non, an even more of a non story. I thought, I thought like they were delisting the game, but like, um, It's being so the. Well, yeah,
0: the way people were kind of talking about it, it sounded like it was a game that just launched and they were shutting it down already. Like, because games as a service are going to eventually have a sunset date, right? Like, depending on popularity and how much money they make, like, at some point, they're going to stop making money and the servers are going to have to get shut down. We've seen quite a few of those happen. I mean, like Wildstar is a good example, right? Like, that was an MMO, but not enough people played it. They were like, we can't keep the lights on, so bye. Like, it's not without precedent. And that's what I thought this was. And then now it's just like, no, it's just an open beta shutting for a few months. Like, OK, guys, like maybe calm down a little. Yeah.
1: That being <laughs> said, like they have delist. So like technically the closure, the main part of the closure starts today, because like if you haven't downloaded the game, you will not be able to download it. Like if you don't right. have it on your account, um, you can't you won't be able to you download can't get it. it now. Yeah. So it's been delisted, although you can still access the online
0: stuff. Uh, well, yeah, the actual yeah. closure of the beta is in June, right? Like yeah. the end of Ju- June, June twenty fifth. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. The end of June this year, you can you can play. So they're giving you April, May, June, three months, three months of notice, basically.
1: Yeah, additional server time, and then after June twenty fifth, if you have the game on your account, you'll be able to continue playing offline. And you know, when I hear early twenty twenty four, I think it. I just assume that's got to be like the first couple months. I know early 2024, you could stretch that as much as you want. But I think in terms of this, having been in open beta for almost a year and them taking it offline to focus on basically preparing a second launch, I think is what happened is what's happening here. Like they want to do it right. I think if this, it becomes a larger issue if they just don't launch it, you know, um, if they don't, but even then you're right. Like
0: Yeah, then I think that's an issue because then people purchase things, people purchase cosmetics and whatever during the beta, thinking their progress would carry over to launch. But that's not what Warner Brothers has said, right? Like they're still planning on launching the game. They're just taking the beta offline. So I think you're right. If in early 2024, they say, oh, actually, we're not going to launch this game. That's when I think people have a right to be pissed off and ask for refunds. But as long as the game is going to launch, then, I mean, I can see delays pissing people off further, but I still don't think they have a leg to stand on because games get delayed. So, you know, but I mean, we saw that we've seen that with tons and tons of games that people pre-purchase and then get delayed and then they get mad that, you know, they've given their money that much further ahead of time. Like, just don't don't pre-order, guys. Like, (laughs) if you're going to get mad about a game delay, especially right now, like we're still seeing all of the, like, backlog and delays and stuff coming out of the pandemic. So, like, I don't know. I think the expectation for basically any game right now should be delays. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, but I think you're right. If if it comes down to Warner Brothers saying, in the end, we're not going to launch this game, then I think people have a right to be pissed off.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there were stories, like, uh, they were down, in terms of concurrent players playing the game at, like, peak times, they were down to under 100. Like, it was very, like... I'd, I'd hesitate to say, but like comically low for a game that in beta, they're trying to test out the online features. Like it's very hard to get they you know, the, the feedback they need while developing new features with only a hundred concurrent players. Yeah. So, you know, uh, taking the game offline allows them to relaunch it with a big marketing push with additional content because clearly adding additional characters during the beta wasn't giving them the push they needed. Like they were, they were syncing with like DC releases. Like they had Shazam or not Shazam. They had black Adam launching when, when the black Adam film came out. And I think if they continued the trend of, uh, of keeping the open beta going, they, we would likely have saw a Shazam character uh, in the game alongside the release of the new Shazam film. But you know, Tying yourself to you know current DC films when that whole thing's being rebooted as well is is a tough sell too. So this mm-hmm. allows them to kind of skip all of that and and relaunch and and focus on having like a really strong launch. But you you can only do that once. Like they're not going to be able to shut it down again. Oh my, it's not working again. Like we might get to a point where if there just isn't enough interest, like beta or no beta, like this game, we could see it gets, it, it gets get shut down completely like hopefully that's not the case I, I like the idea of having more smash-esque games but i find with smash and mario kart i really struggle to play like what what we consider to be clones because yeah. it just always doesn't feel like the thing they're you're, just
0: not quite there right yeah like-,
1: like you're they're not they're not scratching the same itch that you would you would get if you just played the original smash or or Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Like, it's just yeah. not uh it I've always struggled with that. Whereas like if you look at like a like a first person shooter or even a MOBA, like it I think it's it's much better translated. Like it works a little better. But Mario Kart and Smash clones, I don't think there's ever been one that's really I think they've gotten closer with Mario Kart, but Smash Brothers is a tough one. Uh I don't mm-hmm. think anything's come close on Smash, but I know Mario Kart has a couple with uh, uh Crash Team Racing, which is Probably considered, and I guess there's a Sonic one as well, but uh, they've come pretty close. But still, nothing has sort of eclipsed Mario Kart or Smash for me. And and same with this. I played Multiverses around like the open beta launch. Didn't put any money into it, and I thought like this is really cool and gets closer because I do have like an affinity to like the Warner Brothers franchise with uh, or franchises with like um, you know Batman and and uh, Mortal Kombat and. I think um, basically the DC heroes. So like, it'll be interesting to see what we get when they relaunch. Maybe they'll add some additional characters, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird news story. And I think it just, the eruption of, uh, of negativity comes from just basically like, usually betas don't shut down. uh, It's just not, it's not usually what we expect. We usually expect like, oh, it was early access. Like, no, it was a beta and, They shouldn't have. They shouldn't have had paid. I I always find paid stuff during betas is like, it's really weird and gross. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's not my favorite practice either. Like, I I don't necessarily think that you should open up purchases like within a beta environment. Like, I think it's again uh, that just comes down to I guess my understanding or my interpretation of the difference between betas and early access. Like, I think. It's kind of it's fine in early access because it's like everyone's very aware of the risks. But like if you're at the point of being a beta, then to me, that means you are a beta planning a launch. Right. And I don't know, like I don't like um I don't like having purchases available at that point in time. Like it just again, it feels scummy, yeah. like because usually I feel again, like early access feels very like grassroots Kickstarter indie to me. And betas feel very like AAA, you've got enough money already, like fuck off, <laughs> you know? And maybe that's, maybe I have the wrong like expectations or like, but yeah, that's just how I, how I view the two terms.
1: And <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think if you're offering, if you're offering paid access or paid, you know, consumables in a beta, um, usually the common, actually the common practice for betas, like, especially on mobile I've seen this before. Like I think there's a beta I, I follow them on Twitter. It's uh for Frostpunk. They have a mobile game coming and, mm. and there are a couple alphas and betas that have come and gone in specific, you know, regions and then also to specific users. And the, the the messaging is always like if you if you buy stuff in-game, uh it's refunded. You know, like when when the beta ends, uh, you'll be refunded. Like whether it's refunded in I think it was consumables. So like if it's, if it's legit consumables, it's refunded as like more consumables cause they're testing it out. Right. That's been mm-hmm. my experience with betas and in terms of, um, you know, paying for stuff Purchases? is that yeah. you would, you're, you're paying into the system to test it, but then you're getting what you paid back. Maybe not in, in, you know, monetary format, but you're getting it back of like, say you bought, you know, uh, uh, a bag of diamonds or whatever, <laughs> whatever the mobile game, like uh, diamonds comes to mind immediately. Like you consume it to test it. But then when the beta ends, like, okay, well at launch, you'll have those hundred diamonds that you, that you got and and spent in the in-game store. I don't know exactly how multiverses worked. I think it was like a battle pass system and you could pay into unlocking characters with a currency maybe. But, uh, I think there probably would have been, maybe a better way to handle this just from a design perspective at the very beginning. Like if they knew clearly they knew this was a beta, maybe they didn't plan to shut down the beta. Maybe that's why this is,
0: yeah, it's causing such a
1: issue. I, I just, it's, it's tough. Like I know betas can close and betas do close, but if you go down that road, I, I, I highly doubt that was their original plan. I think it it really has to do with the fact that they were basically putting money and effort and development into, into keeping them, keeping a beta alive that just wasn't being
0: played. Wasn't being played. Yeah. I can't, I can't believe their concurrent users were that low.
1: Yeah. Like I, I feel bad like saying it without, you know, so multi-concurrent players, I I remember it being really low and this was before the announcement. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, like, you know, at the very beginning they were, they were very, uh, very high of course. But uh, as of 40 minutes ago, there were 405 people playing, uh, concurrently, um and they were kind of so maybe low. it's
0: actually like increased interest, <laughs> like well, in bringing it, people back, knowing they only have a set amount of time.
1: Yeah, so it was in the it, it was in the thousands, and it, it just kept going down. Now the all time peak was one hundred fifty thousand, that was likely around launch, but essentially what's happened here is like it was you know in the thousands in late twenty twenty two, and then started to dip below a thousand. So like still not enough probably to warrant you know the development costs and. Uh, actually developing new content for for a free to play game that that requires a constant drip feed of content um so yeah it but yeah probably not worth the effort to keep it running and they probably figured well if we promise to relaunch it we'll take the we'll take the bad press we'll take the lumps and um you know hopefully uh hit the ground running in early 2024
0: yeah well, we'll keep you guys informed as soon as we hear anything else about the actual launch of multiverses. And uh yeah, if you guys want to keep up on the conversation, you can head on over to bitly slash TGI Discord. You can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or follow us over on Twitter. You can find me Jocelyn at Joss Plays, Ryan is at R. Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at the Gamers In. Thanks for staying at the Gamers In. and remember, tune in next week. Bye everybody. Bye everyone.